Hello, traders. Uh, thanks for joining me today. Uh, just uh, to start out, let's do a quick mic check. Let me know if I'm nice and clear to you. Um, thanks for coming in. We're going to be talking about trade execution today. Uh, master this to unlock your edge. Uh, again, <clears throat> thanks for coming in. Today is uh, Thursday, the 20th of October, 2022. So here's what we're going to cover today. Oh, I want to remind you that derivatives trading is not suitable for all investors. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results. This is what we're covering today. Uh, trading in a nutshell, we're just going to quickly understand what an edge is. Um, the, the title of this broadcast, again, is uh, Mastered This to Unlock Your Trading Edge. So we first are going to cover what edge is. Perfect execution looking at it after the fact, uh, what a good trade feels like, uh, biases that may interfere with the process, execution errors, improving our execution, an execution example. We'll look at an example from today of what that looks like, and then we'll, there'll be an opportunity to get your questions answered. So here it is. There's a lot to manage here, so you're going to see my eyes go all over the place, but um, let's go over what trading is in a nutshell simply put an edge is the probability of some positive outcome uh given known parameters so so uh the an edge is i know that um seven times out of ten if i do x then i'm likely to get y we we don't say I will or must or need to likely because everything works around probabilities. Uh, we don't know what will happen. Nobody ever does. Okay. So an edge is the probability of a positive outcome given known parameters. Those parameters could be just a universe of stuff, probably billions upon billions of combinations of things in the market. An edge must show up before we can execute on it. That's a key element. It's nice that you have an edge, but if you're going out and hunting for that edge, it is very likely not to materialize uh, the way that it's intended. An edge does not guarantee winning. Uh, most of you have heard me talk before know that I'm a big proponent of the, the, random, the randomness of the market. Uh, the, 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 the market is a random tick generator. Um, so we just cannot guarantee winning. It doesn't matter what you do. It just can't be guaranteed. So we're going to talk about this a little bit later as well. Execution overall, just to define execution, execution involves getting all of these pieces correct. Okay. So we have to get our bias, right? So bias is very much tied to our time frame. So my, your bias, uh, on the daily chart or on the weekly chart might be short. My bias on a one minute chart might be long. Someone else's bias on a 15 minute chart might be short. So when somebody's talking about bias or their, or trend, speaking of trend bias or your view on the market without actually defining the time frame is just gibberish. It doesn't mean anything in trading. So first we have to define Bias, we have to define and get the bias correct. So one item, 
We have to get timing. Generally, I eliminate, I leave timing out. It's a small factor because it's built into everything that we do. Time is just there. But we have to get our timing right. We may have the right bias, but if we're getting in at the bottom of a retracement and we're short, then we're not likely to win on that trade. We have to get our stop right. We have to get our exit uh, figured out before we get our entry. The entry, exit, and stop, these three pieces, these are the last and most important pieces, really, because these determine your R factor. So I can have a random bias, and I can have random timing, and I can still win if I can get my stop, exit, and entry related to each other in a, in a way that gives me a long-term edge just through randomness. There's a, uh, there's a live cast that I did about R factors. If you have not listened to that, um, you really are highly encouraged to go do so. Uh, speaking of R, R factors, knowing R factors, that's a very, very important piece. Okay, so make sure you um, give that a listen. Perfect execution after the fact. So uh, the, the expected execution process is, this is, I'm going to lay out in very simple terms. Um, be sure to note it down if you, if you don't have this, if you don't know this already, but perfect execution, there are only five steps to it. The perfect execution is, I have a plan. The market has done, the market has done X, Y, Z in the past. Uh, X, Y, Z in the past. We are sitting here related to what it's done in the past. So, so I expect it to either do this or that or sideways, whatever it is. So have a plan, have a process that you follow to create a plan. Once the market opens, so that's my plan. My plan is if it goes here, I will do this. If it fails to push this, I will do that. That's the entire uh, effort when we're doing homework and preparation is to try to get that as right as possible. Once the market opens, in my time frame, my job now is not to hunt for trades, it's not actively seek out trades, which is what most traders do that I have interacted with. They're like, well, I can't find a trade. You're not looking to find a trade. You're essentially just waiting and as objectively as humanly possible, you are waiting and assessing the market's action as it's taking place. So that's the intent here is the market does whatever and my job is to sit here and go okay it went here then it went down here like this morning it pushed down clearly found buyers pushed through some key areas looking long long bias if you're part of convergent trading you'll see in the chat room today i talked about having a long bias only and so now we assess the overall bias. We wait for the market to come to a stocking area. We call those stock zones or stock zone area. Those are levels that we distribute to members, but also a stock zone could be a price action level that was created today. It could be um, a market generated level, a calculated level like mid, VWAP, IB, open, 
prior settlement. Those are all areas of interest. And um, we wait for it to come, you know, it's, it's confirming our bias, it's confirming our plan, then we're waiting for it to pull into an area where we have an edge. So we, this is all just like, um, I've used this analogy before, this is like, this is the difference. Whereas most traders, think of a military analogy because it's just so, so much like what we do. The military analogy for the typical trader is to leave their foxhole, run out in the field, and look for targets to fire at. Go out, dot, 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 dot. Okay, at least I did something. I don't like sitting here waiting for something to happen. I'm just going to jump up. We all know and have seen movies. I've never been to war, thankfully. Hopefully you haven't either. But we all know that that action has some dire consequences and very likely it would not work. And so it's, it's better to be a sniper as a trader. And as a sniper, I'm going to sit still. I have already defined my key objectives for the day. That's my plan. And all I'm waiting for is the target to move into my uh, parameters within my field of vision. And I only pull the trigger when everything has been met. I've got good distance. I've got, I've got decent um, natural parameters like terrain cover, wind speed, whatever. I'm not a sniper. And then I pull the trigger because the idea is I want that bullet to have the best opportunity possible. Again, contrast that with the guy who gets up and goes da 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 and then tries to jump back in without getting shot at. Uh, and and his, his bullets are going all over the place and they're not hitting anything. So wait for the markets to, to, to come into a stock area. That's the sniper. That's you sitting and waiting. Much of what we do as professional traders is sitting and waiting for the parameters to be met, for all of our parameters to be met. Uh, that's the next piece. And then once the parameters are met, there, it's a thoughtless process. We want to execute without any thought. Boop. As soon as we see, oh, I've got XYZ, duh. I'm buying, I'm lifting the market, I'm hitting the bid, uh, I'm joining the bid for a limit buy, I'm joining the offer for a limit sell, whatever it is, it's a thoughtless process. It just, it's, it's got to happen in the moment. There's no waiting for further confirmation, waiting to see if it'll turn, waiting for, for it to, to push. And we'll talk about this in a little bit more detail. I'm going to get into the nitty gritty of what execution is like here. So, you know, if this sounds uh, like a lot of detail, it's because I want you to almost walk away with a sense of what your trades might feel like, or at least to identify with you um, and reaffirm to you that what you're doing is normal, that every trade is uncomfortable. Like I get into trades and I'm just really stressing, right? Things never look the same after the trade is complete the way they looked upon entry. So things never look after the trade is complete the way they looked upon entry. So when we're studying and doing homework and when we're back testing, the chart looks a certain way, right? 
So let's take a look here. It looks so obvious that we should be short here. Just no question. This is so obvious. But I'm going to push this to the hard right edge. Does this, is this, is it obvious to you that this is likely to continue lower or is it done? Is this bounce? This is the problem. This is the key issue we deal with as traders is against the hard right edge. It's not as obvious. And because it's not as obvious and we have to decide based on that limited information, incomplete information, because I can't go back and trade something that's happened in the past. It is very, um, it's very important to get all of the noise out of the way and just to say, I've got A, B, C, these criteria are met. That means I'm short, I'm getting short. Whatever happens after that is a function of statistics and randomness. Um, this is a hard thing for traders to digest. This is why people struggle the most. This is the biggest thing that tra traders will struggle with is that random walk going forward. But the, the, the goal for us is to stack the odds in our favor and give ourselves the room and the best potential for the, the to be in a trend that is continuing, right? So we can't anticipate how the trade will unfold. Might be immediate, might see a lot of heat, might chop around and coil for an hour, but unless it's breaching our parameters, and that parameter could be, I will not sit in, a lot, in an open trade for more than 10 minutes without my first scale out getting hit. I've, I have such a parameter. Uh, I don't want to be a sitting duck for very long because as the market does not confirm that move quickly uh, after I'm in, I'm not looking for confirmation before, uh, then the probabilities over time are not in my favor, right? What parameters might we look for? We'll cover this in just a bit. I don't want to just be fuzzy and theoretical about what we're talking about. I want to cover some of this stuff in just a minute. Let me see if I can move myself in such a way. There we go. Is this better or does this make the slide too small? Just let me know. Um, what a good trade feels like. To put it in its most simple building blocks, as traders, we simply get paid when there's a mispricing opportunity. Um, does anybody not understand what a mispricing opportunity? Let us know. Um, if, if, if you are, um, if you're trading and you see something that is obvious, what is your expectation that you should get paid? Let's bring this back to, to day-to-day -day life. Sorry. Let's bring this back to day-to-day -day life. Oh, I'm gonna get rung on five different devices. Sorry about that. Um, just gonna turn this off. Okay. So, let's bring this back to real life. Um, can I get paid for laying on the couch and eating popcorn all day? Is there an edge to that? Um, 
Most likely not. This is something that anybody can do. It is not a, an edge. Can I get paid for doing something that's dangerous, like being a stuntman or stuntwoman? Not many people want to do that. So when, we, when I'm at the movie, when I go to the, to the set and I'm in a movie and I'm taking these massive risks that many people don't want to take, I have an edge. It's, I create a mispricing opportunity in that there's just no, not enough supply of people who want to do that job. So I'm going to demand $2 million in order to play the role of replace Brad Pitt, you know, or for me, in my case, uh, Dwayne Johnson, uh, to do stunts that maybe may endanger that actor's life. That's a mispricing opportunity in that there's not, there's not equilibrium price. So in the market, so by definition, when we get paid, we're looking for mispricing opportunities. That's really what we're looking for. We're looking for the market having stretched too far or compressed too much. How much is too much or too far? That's just a function of what you use for technicals, but that's basically it. That's, that's all it is. That's what trading is, right? Simple, but not easy. If the market is mispriced, then we will likely, it will likely look or feel uncomfortable. Why? Because it is just, it's mispriced. It looks out of whack. So by definition, every trade is uncomfortable. So if this like blows your mind that, oh, is, is that why I always feel uncomfortable in my trades? Trades that have the biggest potential are ones that just look way out of whack. They look very uncomfortable. Uncomfortable is a description of our expectations versus what is happening. So it's really uncomfortable because you expect the market to be trading here and it's way up here and it just looks like, oh my God, this is so disjointed. Uh, and it's been pushing up and up and up and up and up. And here you are, you have some confluence, you have a stock zone up there and you're getting short. It is a, an environment where good trades, strong trades are going to be uncomfortable. This is something that we have to get used to, kind of like a police person, a policeman or woman, their training is not for the standard ran a stop sign, pull over a car, write him a ticket, go back to the car, have lunch, chill, call, call the wife, check in, or the husband, check in, blah, blah. That's not the edge. The edge is there's a, an active shooter at a local store and you don't know what the situation is and now you're relying on your experience and that's really what you're being paid for. So the situations that are uncomfortable or things that are uncomfortable pay the most. Things that are secure pay the least, okay? Uncomfortable is what causes the opportunity to, to appear in the first place in trading. I hope you're really internalizing this idea that our trades are supposed to be, are generally uncomfortable. The more potential they have, the more uncomfortable they are. Uncomfortable is what causes the opportunity to, to appear in the first place. Sizing the trade, sizing the trade and putting it on requires us to be aware of, aware of, but not responding to that emotion.
Okay, so the uncomfortable, comfortable emotion, euphoric, depressed, not really relevant. Be aware of the emotion, but set it aside and follow the process. Once the trade is on, we can't be guided by how, how we feel because how we feel actually changes depending on our perception of risk, our perception of losing, or our perception of getting that adverse um, outcome. The, the, we get the, the emotions kind of rise and fall based on that. So once the trade is on, we are not guided by how we feel, we're not guided by how we feel before, but it becomes a lot louder. The chimp within us gets a lot louder once the trade gets on. That's why people put a trade on and then it goes their way, then it gets close to their stop and it comes back to break even and they close it. It's because they're being guided by this emotion, right? The edge is all that matters. You have followed the, you, you have your, your, your bias, you have your timing, you have your, your risk, you have your exit and you have your entry all gelling together. You have a good R factor on the trade. That's all that matters. That's it. I'm willing, as somebody who's backing you as a trader, I'm willing to lose on those trades all day, every day. Okay? We'll have to talk about your edge if I lose all day, every day. But, but that's what matters. And this is the thing. This is the most uh, difficult thing about trading profitably. If you're not trading profit profitably, you either don't have a plan, which then brings all of this other baggage in, or you have a plan but you're bringing in other things that we'll talk about in a minute that involve emotions, which force us to make moves that we don't want to make, introducing problems into the execution. One loss does not mean that the next is a winner or a loser. Just because we just had a loss doesn't really mean that we're gonna, that we're going to um, win next because, you know, I lost, so I should win, or. I lost last time, so I'm going to lose this time, so I'm going to pass on this particular setup. Or I've been winning, and I might lose. Or I've been winning, I expect to continue to win. These are just completely random in their, um, in their evolution as, as data, period. At, in their most basic element. Now, you and I know that there are traders, and I've had this, where... You can go for months without a loss, without a losing day. So where's the randomness in that? And that's just, that's also in the data set. You know, I can flip a coin and get 26 heads in a row. That doesn't mean the coin has two heads on it. When we have good confidence, emotional capital, the uncomfortable feeling gets comfortable. We become by virtue of executing and executing and executing. This is why I was a big pusher of the micro contracts because I want traders to stop simming, get live at a very low cost or very uh, much lower risk. I want you to trade and trade and trade and trade because we want the feeling of being uncomfortable to become comfortable. I am comfortable being uncomfortable kind of like professional public speakers you know they it's it's stressful to get up there on a podium and talk to a room with 5,000 executives in it but what happens is over time even though as you're walking up there there's a there's a measure of stress 
you're comfortable in that stress. It's not dominating your mindset. So with, with that, you know, the next things are more actionable that we're going to talk about. This is the base of edge and executing on your edge. I want to take a moment and make sure that you're aware that you, this is stuff that we cover and we talk about all the time within convergent trading. I invite you to try it out. Um, this is, you know, this is why it's important for us to be doing these events is to help traders see the value in what we're doing at convergent, but also more importantly for me personally, the value of doing trading in a proper way, as opposed to just going and joining an order flow class and so on and getting immersed in the action of it without understanding how it all fits together. In order to join Convergent, just go to go, the number two, ct.pro forward slash join, and you're able to, you know, I would recommend that you take at least a month and you'll see there's a, just a wealth of information, including um, a live news, a professional news squawk service, uh, market reports, stock zones, all that stuff. Let's keep moving. So go to that page if you want more information about it. So let's talk about biases. Biases that may interfere with the process. Most common biases for traders uh, is to just make a connection. So our brain is a pattern recognition machine. Everybody knows this. We, we can see patterns in a lot of things. As human beings also, I'm sure animals have the same. We've seen how you know, uh, a parakeet can, can put the right marble and the right thing based on patterns. Most common biases for traders is to connect the last trade with the next. We always want to make a relationship between what just happened to us and what's likely to happen to us next. It's a survival mechanism, but in trading, it throws us off. It goes, trading goes against our very nature. Um, we lost on the last one, so the next setup is a bit more scary, so I'm just afraid. I'm more afraid. My, my emotional capital has been debited, has been hammered a little bit, so I'm a little afraid to take this next trade, which is, has a 50-50 chance. We won on the last one, so we may or may not be confident in the next one. I won on this last trade, so I am likely to lose because somehow we think there's like an even distribution of outcomes. Um, or I won on the last one, I expect to win on the next one. Just make sure your bias is not related to what the last trade was or what happened on the last trade. Unless you're getting out of a trade and jumping back into one and you're not following a process, it shouldn't matter. The last trade is just a drop in the bucket. It's irrelevant at this point. It's something that occurred in time and that moment is unique. So carrying it forward brings a bias into your thinking that has no relation. If you tell me that you don't carry a bias from your last trade to the next, I'd call you a liar in your face right now. Most everyone does it. You just need to be aware that you can't bring that into your decision process and your execution process, okay? Who here truly doesn't care what the last trade did when they're taking the next trade? I wanna know who you are. Confirmation bias is almost inherent to being human. Um, our mind is connecting data points 
And so even though they aren't related, uh, we still create a pattern. Uh, this really works against us. So you, you have to be aware of the fact that, you know, on Tuesdays, if the train is late by three minutes or the train is, if I'm late to the train by three minutes and then it just shows up and I come in early, then that morning, my first trade is probably going to be a loser. I just missed the train. It's Tuesday. The first trade is going to be a loser. So there's a very strong machine in our head that really wants to make that connection because um, because that's how we manage our anxiety and that's how we manage life. We create patterns and ideas and we create fictitious stories about what controls what and how your green tie on a Friday is better for you than your red tie on a Friday, that sort of stuff. But none of it really matters because the outcomes are random in the market. Be aware of confirmation bias. So just because your mind connected it does not make it true. How do we do that? You simply stick to the process. You just follow the process. This is why more and more people want to trade via machine or want to subscribe to an automated system because the machine doesn't have biases. It just has, it just has lines of code that look for things. When that happens, they put the trade on, that's it. You can do the same, except you have a much more powerful processor in your mind than the latest i9, Intel i9, whatever, or AMD Threadripper or whatever. The, 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 those machines are, are backwards looking, whereas a human machine can take a lot more context in and process it and click. We're just slower at it, but we don't have to compete in the nanosecond um, Time frame. So stick with the process. The process is all that matters. You are someone who has created a process and are following a process. That's why we call you a trader. That's it. A trader has a process that relates to the market and they follow it and that's it. And, and the market pays or doesn't pay us. That's not something we control. All trades have random outcomes. Don't connect the dots. Period. Don't connect the dots. Execution errors. So Execution, without execution, without looking at execution errors, is just a um, just nonsense. Okay, so execution errors are the main adversary to our profitability. If I could take your trading plan, run it through a system, and then take all of your trades and have the system recognize which trades followed the plan and eliminate the trades that didn't follow your plan, I am certain, and my personal experience with my own prop trader has, traders has been that if we take and eliminate trades that fell outside of the process, they are either flat or profitable. Uh, in fact, I've had Twitter followers, I've had uh, brokerage customers go through and do the exercise of, hey, if I truly take trades that meet all my requirements, um, I flip the chart. My equity chart, instead of it being slowly grinding down, it slowly grinds up. It is that, it, it's that important to understand errors. We'll go through errors here in a second.
execution errors, sabotage all of the investment that we make in our capital into our account, our homework, our prep, our time, all of it gets thrown away because we introduce execution errors. So most of you or many of you are probably not tracking errors, are not aware of what execution errors are. So this is something you want to pay attention to because as a professional, you're constantly eliminating those. You're constantly refining your process. Refining the process means not only finding better ways to do things within your process, but more importantly, more immediately um, spiking our return on investment or improving our return on investment is to eliminate errors. Okay, If we were to eliminate all of our errors, our profitability would be massively improved. However, too often traders are completely reversing our, their edge, our edge through the, the introduction and the repetition of errors as part of their, their edge. We track six errors. I've always tracked six errors. These are not taking a planned trade, interfering with trade management. So you took a planned trade, you waited, you did your homework, took a trade, you put the trade on. It doesn't feel comfortable, so we close it. We pull in our, our scales, we tighten things up, we move our stop, whatever. That's, a, that's the second biggest error. Not taking our, our planned trade is the, the biggest one. The second error is interfering with a trade with trade management means micro trade uh, micromanaging a trade the next one is chasing a trade fomoing a trade way outside of our r factor or our return on risk there are technical errors this is i bought too many didn't buy enough the, these kinds of errors the issues with my platform issues with my charts i'm looking at charts that didn't get data or missing data these are technical errors allowing outside influences or opinions. You know, I got long because my homework says so, but a, re but a trader that has been doing this for 30 years got short big time, I'm gonna close my trade. That's an error, because that's not your plan. And then finally, entering or exi exiting a trade unexpectedly. This is, you're, you're trying to, trying to manage a trade and all of a sudden you hit the flat all. That's an error, you need to record it. Why do we need to know these errors? You want to take every trade and put an error code, one, two, three, four, five, six, and then you can then filter by those error codes and pull in the value of those trades to understand how expensive these errors are. What are some quick tips to improve our execution? Very simply, write our execution process down. I know that most traders are not writing down what they're going to do. Uh, we had our uh, group mentoring session yesterday at Convergent, and we had a gentleman named Tim, and really he sent in his, his trading plan and everything else and his tracking. Just outstanding work in that not only is he defining what the setups are, what the quality of the trades are, he's... He's, he's tracking the percent, uh, the percentage of, his, of the parameters setting up before taking the trade. He's grading the trade. Uh, really important stuff. Just keep it simple. You don't need a 16-page description. 
uh, of all of your trades, anything like that. Just keep it so that it's easy for you to keep up. Track our ability to follow our execution process perfectly. We want to grade every trade. It's so important to be able to grade every trade. You can do a one through five, A through F, whatever. Again, you wanna go back and be able to, to process trades that fell below a certain grade. Identify errors over and over, over. What are the errors you're introducing into your process? Okay, and then tomorrow, Today, I FOMO'd this one trade. It was supposed to be a three-hour trade. I waited too long for confirmation, got in there outside of my plan. It turned into a 0.5-hour trade. I still got paid for it because it was a trend day and I was with the trend, but I'm going to note it down as an error trade, and then tomorrow I need to make sure I don't FOMO a trade. That's going to be my entire focus is to make sure I eliminate that one error. Repeat that. Over time, you get, but the expectation is you get closer and closer to perfection. So here's what I'm going to do now. I'm going to, um, I'm going to look at a typical uh, setup here. Uh, I'm going to just discuss the overall criteria behind this setup and I'm going to discuss the execution of the setup. So let's start by asking how many of you did not attend this morning's Trader Byte and don't understand or have not seen the process that I'm following in order to come up with the plan for the day, my, my plan trades, my price map for the day. So I do this every morning. You can, I invite you to um, subscribe to my YouTube. It is uh, youtube.com forward slash futurestrader71. Just subscribe or follow me on Twitter. You'll see a post about the Trader Byte, which occurs at 9 a.m. every morning, around 9 a.m. every morning. And I go through what I'm seeing, what all the factors that come into the next trade or the next trading day. And then, so for today, the expectation is a relatively choppy open and a relative grind uh, as, we, as the market overall is in balance, okay? So the idea for today uh, was it's likely to grind, make an attempt at taking out the overnight low, which is way down here at um, 77, 36.77. This is the S&P here. And uh, it, if it doesn't, if it's not able to, it is likely to push through. And I'm looking for 37.50 as the key test area above. Okay, so this is. Um, uh, by the way, the Trader Byte is open to the public. It's not part of a convergent membership or whatever. Um, so this is not something you need to be a member to kind of watch. It's about 20 minutes long every morning at 9 a.m. Eastern. So. Today, saw that uh, we are chopping, saw early on this reversal. This is a very clear reversal. Let me show you that in the order flow chart. This is uh, an early indication that buyers have been found. So let's pull back. Here we go. So here it is. Your, you know, the markets trace, you know, broke through the VWAP, pulled back to the mid 
right there. This blue line is the mid. The cyan line is RTH VWAP. The dashed cyan line is the full session VWAP. And the dashed blue line is the mid. Pulls back to mid, continues. The expectation is it's likely to just continue in this trend. The market continues in that direction until it doesn't do that anymore. And then what we do is we put in this low, but look at the sell and balance. See those pink, pink numbers right down the line? See these pink numbers right here? There's a big selling imbalance. So pretty aggressive selling. And what happens is we have the selling imbalance here and here, and then we have this massive reversal. This is what it looks like. One of the dominant ways it looks like when the market has found buyers. So it's moving in one direction and it just reverses and takes back a lot of the range, right? Very aggressive move up. You can see buy imbalances. So very early on, we see that buyers have come in. It retests higher low and now it opens the gate for the market to just start walking up. So we get above 3,700, which is basically the opening print. And we start to run and run and run and run. Tough for me to catch this kind of run. Okay. But what am I watching? I'm watching the 3750. The gray bands that you're seeing here, these are called stock zone levels. And the idea is the market is likely to test these. Not, um, and I'm not going to sit here and put a limit order to sell, limit order to sell, limit order to sell. Although I think putting that in with a big enough stop is probably going to outperform a lot of traders that I know. Um, but what I'm looking for is what is it doing? What kind of a fight are we having at these stock zones? How is it behaving around the stock zone? So it gets to the 3750 or the 3749 stock zone. It pauses up there. You see those blue dots. Those are 100 lots or bigger and Blue dots are coming in and they're relatively heavy, but price is moving, is not really moving up aggressively. So you could see that price is moving up, the delta is moving up, but really it, they're not getting very much for the amount of effort that they're putting in. So to me, that's the first piece. So my bias here, the overall bias is to be long. However, we have pushed into a key level that I'm watching because I'm going against the, mar the, the morning bias. We're above the open. We've moved away from the, um, we've moved uh, away from, we've separated from our uh, day generated levels, VWAP, mid, all that stuff. And we are just moving away from the balance that we had in the overnight session. To me, this, I'm biased long. But being biased long does not make it so that I can't get short. So I'm looking for how does it treat this stock zone once it gets up here. And the way it treats it, let's get there. The way it treats it is you have a lot of buying. See these big, big blue lift, 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 lift. Good progress on good lifting. Good order flow, good price action. Um, Lift, lift, lift again, big lifts, lots of gaps. This is MBO data here. And we continue to lift 300 lot lifts, pushes through. But you see, as it's lifting, the more it's lifting, the less and less price it is gaining. 
To me, this is a market that's stalling, but it's still not, uh, it still doesn't meet the criteria for a short. Where does it meet the criteria for a short? It starts to pull back, starts to pull back, and it looks to me like it's pulling back to the most recent balance down here, right there. It's pulling back to the most recent balance right here. It looks like it's basing for another run. I'm paying attention still very closely to see does it run all the way back up to 48 easily or does it struggle? And what we see here is it starts to run, starts to run, and then there's a late buyer in here, lifts the 45.50, but gets two ticks out of it and it starts to back off. So as soon as it gets through the point of control of this bar here, I'm looking to get short. And in this case, it, you know, it opens up, comes through here, bounces around just a tad and then it just becomes impulsive down as soon as i see this long bar right here as an impulse so it moved from 44 and a quarter all the way down to 31 and a quarter this you know taking the short on this push higher is going to be uncomfortable but as soon as it starts to get impulsive in my direction I can sit back and the expectation is as long as it doesn't take back more than 50% of that bar, I'm going to stay short. My trade management should be easy and it generally will, will likely flag and break. So I'm looking for the next leg down. There's the impulse, consolidation, another leg down and so on. And I expect that to continue to do so until it takes back that impulse, that impulse um, selling, the impulsive selling, and it does so over here, okay? So the trade in this situation is, I executed as expected over here, came back, and then it took me out, it took out my stop at break even, and it started to consolidate, and now I'm neutral. It could, it could continue higher because we had a lot, a big fight down here, and then sellers couldn't push through. You could see a thousand lots traded down here, but they didn't continue. So to me, this looks very weak or very poor in terms of the short side. And then we get this short squeeze. This is a big order flow short squeeze. To me, this is not a trade that I want to be a part of. And then it starts to continue in that direction. Did I execute the trade properly? Absolutely. Do I get an A for execution? Absolutely. Did the trade reach its potential? Absolutely not. The potential for the trade is 36.90, right? Right down here. I talked about 36.90 in today's trader bite, and that's basically where the IB low is. So I expect it to, to continue to move down because it has tested and found sellers up here. I expect it to continue to move down. Now, do I give up on it? No, because it'll likely give me more opportunities to get short. So look for pullbacks to zippers, look for continued bigger down rotation than rotations than up rotations, 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 rotations. And my level of discomfort, my level of my expectations for what it's going to do, none of that matters. I'm simply looking at the price action and looking for the next area to trade. So let's look at the hard right edge here. We've already pushed through the 36.90. So on a bigger picture basis, look at where we are. We tested above the high of yesterday. 
We tested above uh, this morning's high, and we have fallen through and broken to the other side of the open, and we have broken this basically double bottom between yesterday's low and the overnight low. This and well, this is where the 90 comes from, this pink line right here. This is the balance of the, the full uh, overnight session and so on. So to me, it's moving back into, uh, what was it, Monday's balance, and we are very likely to continue lower. There's very little to hold this back beneath 36, this stock zone, at 36.69. Once this last... 36.69 stock zone gets taken that I'm looking for 36.50. 36.50 is a high probability. So again, I can't draw on this. I don't think this thing gives me the ability to draw. But I've we've taken out yesterday's low. We've taken out the overnight low. We are well into the balance of Monday. We are about to test the afternoon low on Monday, which is the 68, which is a stock zone in here. Let's show you cloud levels. See that gray stock zone right in here? This is the last frontier. So if I'm short, I'm watching carefully to see, does it get back above the 90 now? If it doesn't, then I'm still thinking short. The impulse and the trend is to the short side. There's no reason for me to be long, so the bias is set. Timing is a function of where it is and where I can find a trade with good uh, risk reward to lean on. Once it tests the 69, if it breaks the 69, this will likely accelerate. I'm going to hang on for dear life looking for the 3650 in this situation. So I'm expecting the 3650 to come uh, to appear quite quickly, very thin. You see this very thin trade from Monday. Uh, basically a flagpole and once it gets to 3650 if it's not able to find buyers down there then 3640 and then we're looking back at the settlement at 3602 from last week so all of this is right here on the chart and all I'm doing now is looking for information as to how it's moving to the downside versus the upside how is it supporting my bias and so on and so forth okay Whew, that's a lot to it's a lot to cover right so let's take a look at let's take a look at where we are we're out of time now it's time for your questions landau are you with us in here let's see yeah, more. Can you hear me? Yes, I can now. Okay, good, good. Um, yeah, we had a couple questions earlier on about what exactly stock zones are. Uh, there's a little bit of confusion. You know, some people are thinking that that's there. You might initiate a trade, or um, you know, what exactly you're looking for when you're looking at a stock zone. So uh, the the a lot of the purpose of our homework is to decide is to draw. A price map so a price map is a really uh, in my opinion durable um, way to approach the market so what are we looking at when we're talking about stock zones if I were to put up this chart here this is a market profile chart and to ask you hey can you define for me where 
key areas are that you would expect a market reaction, chances are you would put a line up here somewhere, right there, you know, a zone. You would put a zone down here. You could see it poked through, came down, poked under. So there's a zone right here. Guess what that zone is? This area right here where we poked up, poked down, held. That's your 3750. That's the level that was tested this morning right here. That would be a stock zone. What are areas that I expect the market to test before it turns? So stock zones are very, is a, is a name for zones because I don't believe in levels. Our stock zones are zones where I expect a market reaction. Does it mean that I will absolutely trade there? It doesn't. I'm expecting a reaction. I still have to wait for the market to get there and see the reaction. I don't need confirmation. I just need to see, just like we did at 37.49, I need to see that it's squeezing, 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 and it's just not getting much for all of that squeezing. So I expect that I could just whack it and it's likely to fall quickly like you saw with that short from that area up there. Um, so to me, you know, areas that merit consideration for stock zone 3810 just you can start out by simple price action based prior highs prior lows that held from below held from the top that could be a stock zone it could be a low volume node on the volume profile that could be a stock zone it could be a an accumulation of uh, points of control that kind of stack on top of each other that's a stock zone. We color that purple, call it a magnet. That's where the market has wanted to come to or has accepted price. Uh, that's what a stock zone is. It's simply a map. It's, um, it's like a road sign that says, hey, um, caution ahead. That's all it's saying. Very often, I used to do this and I stopped because it sounded like I was bragging, but very often the market would turn at a stock zone very often i would expect at least a reaction at a stock zone and that's why um they're very important but there are many ways to map the market to map you know what the what areas the market might um, might respond to and you can call those stock zones uh pivot zones decision zones there are many names for the same thing anything else lendo <clears throat> yeah we have a question what should I do if I'm in a trade live and I've realized that I've made an error? Uh, I always close error trades. You, you don't want to manage an error trade because if you're in a trade by error, what is your R factor? What is your stop? What is your scale out? None of that is planned. You just get out. It's a lot like what do you do if you take a turn into a street where you don't belong you're you're gonna stop turn around and return to the highway or the roadway that you're supposed to be on don't try to manage error trades these are trades you close right away you mark it as an error you 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 don't you don't want to repeat that again it's just a you might get lucky and make money but most likely you lost anything else lendo 
Uh, I'm not seeing anything here. Uh, we've got a couple of people talking about um, kind of order flow. It seems more like commentary, uh, CNBC stuff. CNBC? Like, uh, <laughs> somebody's asking, what are your thoughts on journals like TraderView or Edgewonk? I mean, whatever, whatever gets you to the, you know, there's, there's a journaling system within uh, Convergent, including, including the membership. It doesn't currently have all the graphics and things like that, but whatever it takes for you to know yourself, to know your performance, uh, just use that. I, you know, they Edgewonk, TraderView and TraderSync or TradeSync or whatever, these things, they didn't exist when I was running my prop shop, so I just use Excel. Download the fills, run them through, run my statistics on there, and it, you become very intimate with your trades when you're doing them um, manually. But in my opinion, whatever it takes for you to track your performance, then, then do that because you that's, that's the self-referring cycle. That's the recycle of planning, executing, tracking, determining what needs work, planning that, executing, and you're in the cycle consistently. And as, as, as long as you keep doing that, my expectation is eventually uh, you'll break through. Hopefully you'll break through because that's the work, that's the work that's required in order to be a professional. PJ is asking, do you believe in cycles like time, price, volume? No. Yeah, I mean, to some extent, yes, because they, everything operates in cycles. I mean, I used to use this thing called the PPT approach, um, and I learned a lot from that. It's the things do happen in cycles. In my opinion, you know, I don't like using anything that's really lagging. So I don't use like indicators and MACDs. And for some people, that's really um, a way to simplify things. Uh, I, I believe cycles exist in the market, but my opinion is I don't care if it's a gerbil giving you signals. If it's got an edge, trade it. You know, it doesn't matter. As long as you have a lot of confidence in that edge and can follow the process and trade it, execute it cleanly, it should make you money. Yeah, I think that's it. That's about to wrap things wraps things up. Very cool. I we'd love to to have your feedback. We'll post this. We'll send you a link to it so you can rewatch it. But please take a moment in the comments on the video and tell us what your thoughts are. Do you feel that I was uh, providing you with information that you can use, which is my goal? Do you feel like there was too much technical jargon? Let us know because I'm also tracking my errors as I'm providing this content to you and I want it to be better every time. So take a moment, go into the comments, not the chat, go into the comments of the video and tell us what you really think about the content that was presented. My goal again is to provide you with something that helps you trade better the next time you trade. Thanks for joining us everyone. And uh, I hope that uh, you'll come in and see us again on our next public event. Okay, take care.